Welcome, everybody, to an episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my other host, Jordan. Uh, and Mr. LaRusso. Yeah. So we are. Oh, man. I'm really liking this book a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. It, there's. The the politics in this one is actually better than Well of Ascension's politics. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about in that last the last cast that I needed more information. Well, what happened? I got the information I needed. <laughs> Sanderson's really good about that, where he's obviously very good at the plot twists. Mm-hmm. So he's very good. So that. Inherently, that means he's very good at setting stuff up early and then answering later. But right. At the same time, he's very good about relatively instant gratification as well, where he will kind of leave you with a, hang on, something's not right here. And then he'll resolve your issues like very quickly. I've which, had which, stuff which like that. literally just did in adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he. I've, I've had that where sometimes... Actually, it was earlier in Warbreaker, too, where I'm like, something doesn't make sense here. And then literally in the next paragraph or two, it gets clarified. So it's, I like that. Um, Instant gratification is nice, as long as you don't do it too much. And (laughs) setting up for later uh, answers is good, too, as long as you don't get, definitely don't get too much of that. Because that becomes annoying in its own way, in the sense that... um, you end up have you end up having like an issue where, like Lost, the TV show. I don't know oh, if gosh. you guys have ever seen that, where like you just have so many questions that you end up forgetting the questions that you had, and then you had like a, a plethora of new ones, and then yeah, you exactly. forget those, and then yeah, it's... yeah, you just keep getting new questions, no new answers. So, um, a lot of people say that eventually the questions do get answered and it's semi satisfactory, but I. I fell off that show, and that was actually one of the f- few shows that I've ever ended up really truly quitting. Yeah, I quit after the first five episodes. Really? Yeah, I just okay. I don't like Lost. There's just something about it that just doesn't catch my eye. Oh wow! I I made it several seasons in, and I was it was I still I was like enjoying, and then eventually I was just like, okay, this is too much. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. We're not talking about Lost. We're talking about Warbreaker. <laughs> so let's Oops. get into Warbreaker. So chapter 20. Um, so this episode we'll be covering chapters 20 or 27. I don't know if I already mentioned that. But yeah, chapter 20. Bluefingers warns Siri not to get pregnant, which I don't, uh, that's ominous as it is, right? Because he said, like, you know, things are not as they seem, which. Yeah, and, then, and um, she he tells her to go pick up a book if she really wants to understand what's going yeah. on. And I'm I was like, okay, condescending of it, but I get it. Uh, uh, I didn't like it though, you know. Like she, he said, like you know, study the history. Like he's, but at the same time though, do we can really they hear? They can hear him. They can hear that, him. That's though, what right? I'm confused about too, right? It's like they they're listening in on everything, right? So I was. And Bluefingers knows that, so I don't. That's part of me where I'm not sure if I'm trusting him completely. No, I mean, and again, in this chapter, we figure out the exact question I wanted answered was something's wrong with the God King, yes, Susaborn. And in this chapter, I was like, this is it. I mean, 
the dude got his tongue cut out because if he if he could breathe into things, I mean, geez, then he'd be the most powerful being in the world, right? Exactly, exactly. So my thought process is that yes, they want to call his power, but like, who are they but to then, say? Okay, so so that part kind of bugs me. They want when you rip out his tongue, you can't call on the power anymore. Like it, right? It's impossible. It has to be passed down. Yeah, but then if they keep ripping off the tongue of each successive king, then that king no longer can awaken anything. Then is there a point where the king will eventually get to the point where he doesn't even need to speak? He can just touch things and breathe, quote-unquote, But I don't – I mean, I could be wrong, but until Sanderson defines that, his magic systems are like rules, right? So – if the rule is that you have to speak into something with the breath, then I can't imagine that that rule changes when you hit a certain number of breaths. Well, I just I do think that I mean, you see ferrochemy and alchemy, mm. alchemy in, but we never saw them combined until we. You know. That's true. So maybe true. there is something that we're missing here. Again, not enough information, but enough to, for me to confidently say that i think if you get to a certain point i don't think having a command is going to matter i think it's a point and shoot type of deal okay okay that's fair uh but that that in that sense though that that would still be awakening right so awakening is its own magic system so are you saying that there's a second magic system that does not require um maybe more like a necromancy maybe it's more necromancy than it is anything else Maybe not. Maybe maybe you can write it down. Maybe he can write it down. Ooh, ooh! Look at that. Okay. Isn't she? She's teaching him to write. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's cool. So my okay. Uh, my other theory. So that's your theory, and that's actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. That's a pretty good theory. My theory, which now I don't feel as confident about because of yours, was <laughs> um, I think. I have a feeling that um, they're just using him as kind of like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing, like a puppet. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, hey, you know, we have this king. Because, you know, they have all the power. The, the priests, essentially, Tarelides, Tarelides is essentially the most powerful being, right? Right. Alondrin, because he can just say, hey, Susaborn said this. Right. And you can't question him. Because Susaborn doesn't talk. Yeah, exactly. So it's hmm, hmm. Yeah, it is it is very fishy. Um you spe- say his name again. Torelides? Torelides, something like that, yeah. Torelides, yeah, okay. So we we're saying it the same. Yeah, he's he's crooked. He's backwards. He's oh, not 100%. 100%. He's not right. He's way, way off in the distance. So he yeah, I and I wonder if it's just I don't know. And they also didn't teach him to like write and read either, which like that sucks. That's terrible. Um so she starts to teach him how to read and write. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And at first it started off with uh Susanborn giving Siri a book for children, like storybook. Mm -hmm. Um and that's kind of how it had started. But yeah, so chapter twenty one, um this is from Basher's perspective as he's going to the court of gods and he wants to meet with mercy star and he pretends to be crazy so he can get in. Um, 
and he attacks the guards by choking them out with an awakened shirt. Yeah, so in this scene, it was really cool. He was breathing into his clothes to strengthen his body. That that alone was very cool. I, I would have to say that was an awesome aspect of how he used his breath. What? Steroids. That's steroids. That's Say, performance enhancing <laughs> breath. <laughs> That's PBs. a PED. <laughs> PED. Performance enhancing breath. That is breath. cool. Um, is and cool. hey, hey, hey. He choked people out by breathing into his clothes. That's a gi. Right? That's like, a gi. Hey, that's a gi. you're right. That's a gi. He got a cross choke. He got a cross choke. <laughs> Except <laughs> for this gi. one might have been fatal. <laughs> yeah. No, this one actually wasn't fatal. Was it the um, stab? It was the stab. I think he just fatal. knocked him out. Yeah, yeah. He just knocked him out. The stab was the fatal part. But yeah, so he he tapped nap for snap. He napped. So, um, I'm not sure how many of the listeners are jujitsu practitioners, but um, for any of you who are that, like the maybe the one of you that is, that's, that's jujitsu jokes. Um, Absolutely. Not gonna promise that it won't happen again, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna happen a billion times. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, um, he also brought a squirrel back to life, which was cool. To that see. when I saw that, I was like, "Really, a squirrel?" Like, <laughs> but then again, he's like carrying it in his cloak, so he can't be carrying like a lion, right? right? So <laughs> <laughs> there's no downsizing in this magic system. Yeah, yeah. but you know, what's funny about the squirrel is, um, I was playing Elder Scrolls Online not too long ago, and in a certain dungeon boss. You have to go in like to a little control room and you control a little mouse. And I was just thinking about that as as I was reading this squirrel part. I was like, this is freaking hilarious. But you'd have so to play the game to understand. I, I do have to wonder with the whole awakening magic system, how does that like so I to my understanding, right? Like you're using breath as currency. When you breathe, when you awaken something, that costs you a breath. But like how long does it remain awakened for, right? Is it like, okay, every 24 hours, it costs another breath to keep it going? I don't think we've gotten that information, have we? We have not so far. Because because when the when the returned breathe into their, they don't breathe into those lifeless, do they? They just have commands. The returned. They breathe into the lifeless. Yes, I think. And so that also brings up another question, right? That... Does it like those lifeless? If the if they're because they're awakened people, they're awakened objects, right? Like they're lifeless. Like so, does that mean every twenty four hours? Like you know, twenty four hours is just a hypothetical number I threw out. But does that mean every day, every week, every month, you have to restore the lifeless, like the breath, onto them to keep them going? So we haven't gotten confirmation on that yet. Um, and then, like, does it work on anything? Can I just breathe into a freaking battleship? Now that would be cool, right? Like, does size matter? Right? I can I breathe think so. into a shirt, and then I can go for a day. But does that mean if I breathe into a house, that can go for maybe an hour because it's so much mm. bigger? Well, what about? I just remember that when he was breathing into that straw doll, he had to use like a certain amount of breath to, let's say have that one straw doll and they said that, that it gimped him because he had to have speaking of breath let's think about this what about the sword his sword yeah, okay so, night blood, sword. so he he was breathing all of his breath into the sword 
quote unquote, that's what I think, and made it this crazy, inanimate, humanoid sword. Yeah, right, exactly. So that there, there's a history with Nightblood for sure. I think that what if there was a god that breathed into Nightblood? And instead of like being a returned human, it became like a returned sword, essentially. That's it. Yeah, that could be very valid. That his his spirit could have just went into yeah. the sword. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that's an interesting concept for sure. Yeah. So we have those kind of questions going forward as far as the magic system goes. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, he cross choked geese, uh, the guards. Uh, and this is at and, Mercy Star's palace, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. Nightblood is he gets his feelings hurt that he didn't use. <laughs> <laughs> Nightblood's funny. He's I um, agree. He's very comic relief. Thirsty. Yeah. And so he makes a necromancer squirrel that he uses for diversion. Um, and then yeah, iridescent tones, who's a priest, uh uh was the one that he got the intro from. Um, I think that was so yeah, that was the end of chapter twenty one. Um chapter twenty two Light Song, uh, he's playing a game with other gods. I, I, what was this frisbee golf or something? I couldn't. It had to have been. It had to have been like a boxed in frisbee golf because they were just chucking it. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it, and he, he doesn't even know the rules, and he's wrecking them. So, <laughs> love uh, it. I thought I'm like, man, you're kind of bad. Um, and the these other gods, they're racist against the Idrians, right? Like they're saying that they're dumb and they're incapable of being politically savvy, which ironic because they're all getting like politically like dumpstered on by uh by their own priests. Yeah. Well oh, Blush River as well. Um, <laughs> and Lemex was there for years. Right. Right, Lemex, a spy. He's been there for years, and they didn't catch him at all. So, I mean, ha ha, bad politics, right? Yeah, right. Like you got a spy in your court, getting breaths and whatnot, and he's he's an Indian spy, and you guys didn't catch him. So clearly, right. they're, they're so dumb. they're so prideful. They're so mm-hmm. prideful that they yeah. don't see the the forest, you know, for the trees and whatnot. So I um I don't know if this would be considered a spoiler per se this and this is not for the book there's a tv show called the hundred i've seen that uh, did you finish this series i did not i highly recommend watching it all the way the the final season was kind of meh to me it wasn't Mm -hmm. bad but it wasn't great either but it was uh there's one particular season that reminds me a lot about a current uh a certain Warbreaker plot line that reminds me a lot about the hundred. Uh, what about the? Are you talking about? Yeah, uh, don't say anything. I don't know if anyone's like early hundred. Oh no, I just general. Yeah, um, it's. I want to say third to last or second to last season. Okay. Yeah, I'll look. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, it, I highly recommend continuing watching the show. That that shows it has its flaws, but it's overall very good. Um, but yeah, uh, they so yeah they're very racist against the Idrians. Um, Absolutely, and they think they're way better than they actually are, and uh, like they themselves are way better than they are. But I think that's one of those things that 
when you're a god and you're treated like a god, you just become complacent and everyone does everything for you. Right. So Light Song is he feels compelled to help Siri, which again I think I think that's his previous life's uh like personality coming out yeah. before he became a god, you know? Absolutely. Um maybe he was a cop or he was I mean I don't I don't remember what it said. All I remember was thus telling him how he died. That's all I remember. Was he a fisherman or something? Yeah, he said he got like a stomach ache or something like that, right? Yeah. He died from a stomach ache. Yeah. I, I mean, if you get stabbed in the stomach, does that count as a stomach ache? Because I mean your stomach is hurting. I mean, I would assume. <laughs> you know, like uh, even one of those things where like you lie by hiding the truth kind of thing. Right. Yes. Where so maybe his stomach ache was a spear through the gut. Oh God! Just smiting him from the stomach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he bled out with a bullet, a gunshot wound to the stomach. He died of a stomach ache. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. So, anyways, Vivena she meets with a farmer named Fob, and he grows help with the uh, food with the help of the lifeless, right? And so this is this was an interesting bit of economics for Halandrin. So he grows food with the help of the lifeless, which I guess he basically rents from the government, right? He rents it from the state. But in exchange, like the lifeless apparently must be very good help, right? Because they don't need food, they don't need water or rest. They just keep working. They just keep, yeah, exactly. They keep working. So, and there's no moral issue of like slavery or anything like that, at least not so far uh as to my understanding goes with the lifeless so i wonder um, how long the lifeless's bodies last like just i'm just thinking about like how like hard work hard labor in the fields would deteriorate exactly your body too right yeah so that's that got me thinking that too that's that's what honestly sparked my initial question of how long does the breath last in the lifeless and does it strengthen the body right does like does it hold the body together longer because it's infused with breath um I mean, I kind of hope not because then, like, at that point, you just have a lifeless forever if you have people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sounds good to me. That sounds great for, like, you know, menial labor jobs. Uh, oh, so yeah. he grows food with the help of the lifeless, which he rents from the state. But the the caveat is that during wartime, all of his food is seized by the government. And so... They the the thing is though like he doesn't have much of a choice because during wartime they're probably going to seize his farm anyways so he figured might as well have this deal so I can make money while I still can um and this is actually I, I loved this a lot this whole spy this sabotage concept yeah right? where it, it was explained in detail like it, they explained it earlier Denth and Tongfa did like you know want to disrupt food supply lines all that stuff. Um, and now we get, we're going to see it in action where the idea is that they want him to harvest early and sell his stockpile. Oh, so they get screwed. Exactly. Uh, in the long term, in the long run, right? Where if he harvests early, that means there's no food for later. And then if he sells his stockpile, then there's no food again in the stockpile. So whenever, you know, an, an army marches on its stomach, 
right? That's Always. the old saying. So Always. if you have no food, you have no soldiers. And Idris is up in the mountains. So there's also the whole fatigue Cold. part of it. it uh, yeah. The marching upwards is going to make you tired faster. So you're going to need more food. And if you have no food, then you have no soldiers. So then, so then we have the lifeless. So is it like, do they run off that breath? Is it like a fuel system? And that's or is now, it just divine intervention? Yeah, that's that's the that's the question, though, right? And so, I mean, do they have enough lifeless to conquer Idris alone? Maybe I'm sure they may need some human soldiers there as well. But right, yeah. So to prove that they're not um competition and that they're not from the competition there to trick them uh vivenna changes her hair to prove that she's an idrian royalty so they go meet with gravel next gravel gravel i don't know um who's going to disrupt supply carts and he doesn't believe that she's a princess and uh she this is where we find out that only those who are actually going to inherit the throne can change their color which how does that work right so does your body know that like hey i'm in next in line to inherit the throne therefore my hair can change color because to my understanding she was implying that her brother and middle sister was uh, they were. They are not able to inherit the throne. They're not going to inherit the throne. Therefore, they cannot change their hair color. Right. So, but yet they can. But I, that's what I was saying. I was like I thought Siri could though. So, again, is this one of those things that like they just ta- her people taught her that, mm-hmm. and it turned out to not be true, or or maybe right. I'm inferring wrong, and she's just saying anyone of the royal blood. Can and uh, can change their hair colors. I so I'm gonna keep an eye on that part, I guess. Um, and then keep, you gotta keep like yeah, we need to keep that in the back of our heads while continuing this read through. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean. Yeah, so he wants to. Um, <laughs> Grable wants to buy her. And right. Then I wonder now. <laughs> yeah. So then starts to leave, and then uh, I guess two guards kind of like jump him, and he whoops that. But, dude, like, whoops, that like, I think Vivenna said that he didn't even see him draw. No, he's that. He didn't even see him draw and put it back in, and like they fell. And so, he has he has no breath right now, so there's nothing boosting his abilities. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he, I mean, he pulled the sword. You know, he unsheathed his sword, killed two, and put it back in, and she didn't even see it. It kind of reminds me of like a samurai moment, you know, where they mm-hmm. draw the sword, sure. you're done for, and then yeah, put it right back in. So, and Adrian arrives, and he recognizes Vivenna, and he thinks that she's there to liberate the other Adrian, so he gets all excited. Uh, mm-hmm. And when, whenever they take him to a safe house, basically to talk to him and interrogate him, make sure that he's he is who he says he is. She can right. sense everyone with her breasts except for Jules, which, for those of you who don't remember, Jules is their female member of the uh, mm-hmm. the mercenary group. Um, and so she's thinking it's because she has no breath. Uh, 
So yeah. Um so she starts it's feeling like a, bad for her, right? Right. She yeah, she starts to have this inner monologue about her, right? And she's a drab. Drab. Right. <laughs> drab. You're a drab. I'm gonna start calling yeah. people that. <laughs> like somebody cuts people who are boring traffic, they call them like drab. you're a drab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I'm sorry. So yeah. Um so Thame is working jobs like for to my understanding, he's working like mercenary, like he's just doing jobs for people, essentially, right? But he says that Idrians have low status in society. Um, but then Vivenna is like, you know, you know, there are some businessmen who are Idrian, right? And he's like, yeah, that's true, but like, you know, that's money, and money talks, and they're not going to reject money just because it's from a race that they don't enjoy working with, which, I mean don't like obviously that's bad right like right it's bad bad. but Mm -hmm. at the same time though that sounds to me like there's no law preventing adrian's from working and whatnot you know like from getting rich so right uh yeah um i don't know i just feel like i just feel like there's there's something we're missing that happened that caused this breakdown between these two groups of people, we just need. Yeah, I'm not convinced we need that, that it's just Kalad the Usurper came out. That's there's more to the history there. I agree. Right. Like you're, t- it seems to me. I mean, I guess that's maybe not fair to say because Vivenna and Ciri's father seems like a good king, or at least a king who tries hard for his people. Right. Um, maybe not for his daughter, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, his people does not include his daughter, apparently. Um, he tries hard for his people, but we don't know how what kind of kings there were before, right, right when they rose up. Um, mm-hmm. That could be an easy answer, but I don't go with easy answers. <laughs> I like it's usually, it's usually somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So Thame is working jobs, essentially. And uh, yeah, so Denth, I think Denton's starting to like Vivenna. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, you're right. I, I I think so. I think that he's definitely starting to fall in love with Vivenna. Um, and he does confirm that Jules is a drab. Her parents <laughs> sold um, her breath to a god. And so this does confirm or, or I guess reject our earlier suspicion that losing that your soul is not your breath. No, it's like a, it's like, um, it's, I guess I could almost say it's like your, the good part of your breath, like the, I don't know. And Maybe you it's know, just like your pancreas. We used to use it, but now we don't. I don't know. Not pancreas. Uh, what's it called? That organ in your body that always, people always get taken out. Why can't I think of it? Kidney. We have two kidneys, right? No, I don't know. We do, we do use kidneys, but. Um, yeah, we use kidneys. Um, heart. We don't use our heart, right? That's kind of useless organ. That too. Yeah. But, anyways, though the appendix. Appendix. Your appendix. Remember, like I don't oh, my use appendix. That part of a book either. Huh? I, I'm making a dumb Stop joke it. that like nope, we don't. We're done. <laughs> Log off. Go home. <laughs> uh, continue though. Continue. Let's let's get back on the track. <laughs> um. But yeah, so losing a breath, it's not like losing a soul. Because, right. clearly, you know, she's still functioning. She still has her own she personality still has her, to her yeah. understanding. 
Um, and she seems she doesn't seem like upset or mad or all the time. She seems yeah. like she's in a decent scene. Like she's in a decent mood. and you know, brain function wise, she seems all there so far. Um, <laughs> so far, yeah. And you know, she confirms uh, later. She confirms that Thames is who he says he is, and that's the end of chapter twenty-two. Right. Uh, so chapter twenty-three, Light Song meets with Blood Fever again. And she is a seductress. She is yeah, the epitome is. of a seductress. It's like, dude, and he knows it too. And I love, I love when they talk to each other because he mm-hmm. is always sarcastic with her. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, their dialogue between them two is definitely mm-hmm. so far. I, I love that. I love okay their dialogue and also Vivena when she's talking with Dent and Tong Fa, and yes. then they keep talking. I was like, you see, I, I never understand yes. why people don't trust mercenaries. <laughs> Right. Um, See, like during the book, what really captures me is like you said, Vivina, Tongfa, and Denth. And then I like to listen to, uh, I like the conversations between Scoot and Light Song, and then Light yes. Song and Blushweaver. So it seems like Light Song is a character that I do enjoy the most out of all of them in the book. But that might be a very popular opinion. For sure. So um, Light Song goes to meet Blushweaver, and he's basically saying that he'll join her. But the idea is, I think he's joining her just so he doesn't, just so she doesn't crush Siri. Um, mm-hmm. And then he finds out the Mercy Star was attacked. Mercy Star, recall, was the uh, the castle, I guess, that Vasher just attacked with his uh, necromancy <laughs> squirrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with this dude, I just, I wish, I wish somebody, I wish we could take that chapter and type it in somewhere online, and it would act it out with like just crazy amount of animation like that would be so yeah. cool obviously that's a long ways off but yeah, just to cool. see that animated would be cool mm-hmm. so blush wants her um because she controls another portion of the lifeless mm-hmm. uh blush also claims that the attacker were adrian's which to me that seems like you know Vasher's not like, an adrian we don't know right i bet he's not an adrian for two reasons. He wants all that breath. He's had all that breath. And he uses biochromatic breath to breathe into items. Okay. But that is very against Lemex the Adrian was also, Yeah, but Lemex was also Adrian. Wouldn't you have think wouldn't you have thought that the king would have Vasher under his wing as well? He may be just like a side a rogue rogue spy, rogue vigilante. So I think. Like Batman kind of character where he's like working on the behalf of Adrian's, even though he's not like officially, uh, I don't know, officially deployed by Adrian. I think he's, I, I, I think that that could be it, but I do think he, he, it's either he's employed or he has, or he's like one of those people that like, I would have to say like, it's one of those people that come from somewhere else, but don't want the, like, they're just, he's, I guess he, I guess you could say his motives are self-involved. Like his motives are just for himself, and he's from somewhere else. And he came to get a certain thing from this area, whether it be item, breath, some sort of book. I, I really do. He seems like a character that's after something specific. Yeah, and I don't. We but still the, don't the, know the book what hasn't it is, given though, us right? anything, right? Yeah, right. 
That's true. We don't we don't know his motives at all. Right. Um. So yeah. Um. I, I do think the Blush Reaver doesn't know anything, and she's just blaming it on Idris just so she can push for the war. Uh, right. That seems kind of obvious to me. But you know, just because it's obvious to me, it's probably completely wrong. Um, right. And that's how I feel too. Yeah. So Blush Reaver cleanses Idrian's trying to force a false flag war, in my opinion. And yeah, yeah, when yeah. Uh, Light Song starts to question this, his um, Mercy Star servants about the attack, her priests lie to him. Right. So, and later we do discover in that same chapter that Light Song really does enjoy this whole investigating thing, which. Mm-hmm. Again, further led me to believe that I think he was some cop in the pre-godhood phase. Maybe, maybe a cop, or maybe uh, somebody that looks over stuff. Somebody that's righting wrongs of some sort. Yeah, he was Batman. <laughs> now I was really gonna, I was really thinking like maybe he'd be like a vigilante, but I don't yeah. Know. So but chapter anyways. twenty-four. Siri is not allowed to leave the um, a book of finances from the library, which, like Terrellides, like makes it very clear that she cannot. Like, leave. don't touch my stuff. <laughs> which, it's just a book of finances, right? This isn't like a book of records, I, right? There has to. I think there's something in the book of finances that, like, shows his treachery, his treason. Uh, absolutely, it's got to. I mean, why else would a priest? I mean, it's it's like the it's like somebody withholding knowledge from you. Like maybe he's just spending money on booze every weekend or something. <laughs> he's just going out and getting. He's just going out and partying with the other priests. Oh my gosh! Uh, oh, that's <laughs> and we just read all of this completely wrong. You know, yeah. that would be a crazy story, though, right? Like if you they lead you to believe that there's this massive conspiracy, and that while there is clearly a push for war, but the the like Sanderson just wants to push on the reader that there's this massive conspiracy, and then it turns out that there's no conspiracy at all. It's just I'll just, just partying behind the, band, yeah. the scenes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, she goes back to Susaborn, and and she learns that his mother was taken from him. He says that very, you know, as a side comment, mm-hmm. like nothing serious. Um. Kind of like a oh it just had to happen kind of thing, right? Which again, feel awful for him. Um, and he still thinks that his own priests are good people, which that clearly, in my opinion, is you know, brainwashing. Right. And he, right. Rev- and we also find out that the previous god kings, all of them died mysteriously. I. It, that's fishy. That I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that they're just keeping this God King again, like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing. They're elite, they're keeping them as front faces for their own power. And anytime a God King gets old enough or wise enough to do something, they pretty much take him out. Yeah, yeah, they take him out and they replace him with his son or something like that. Right. So, what if they take him out and then breathe into him, like? They they take the breath from him. They take him out. He forgets everything, and they breathe everything back into him. And then he's just like, "Oh, I'm alive again. Ooh, what is this?" Interesting. 
but then for okay, so a couple things. You have to willingly give up your breath. Right. So, so wait, how do one. they keep transferring the breath? And do you have to have a God King succession as in like you have to have the baby? Yeah, right. Maybe that's how Blue Fingers is trying to protect her by saying, hey, don't have a baby, because if you have a baby, you're gonna go gonzo. And then Super Susaborn is gonna go gonzo. Right. And your baby's gonna be tongueless. So so who had Susaborn? Was it the previous king, right? Who was the previous king? I I, I, I don't remember. Was it something? The I don't something? think we got a name, but I know what you mean. Like, are you asking like what if that or is God King alive? passed down son to son? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it passed down son to son, or is that is is the old God King alive, just put somewhere else and breath all breathless and shit? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. I thought about that too. Like, was because you know, Light Song, the previous Light Song was not his father, right? Right. So that's not passed down son to son. This one, I'm getting the feeling that this one is passed down son to son. It seems like it. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, he does also say that God King can cure many people as opposed to return, which like a regular return, which can only cure one. Right. Uh, That. Seems kind of fishy to me. Like how? How I thought I thought he can't breathe in anybody if he can kill. Yeah, exactly. Him. Like something is not right here. Right. Um, and and you know, Blue Fingers keeps telling Siri like, "Hey, you need to figure something. You need to start looking into things, and you need to be careful with this whole conceiving the God God King's child thing." So yeah, I don't so, know. I don't know if I should trust Blue Fingers, but it seems trustable right now. Yeah, so far he everything he said seems to has be, merit, and, and that's a history, right? That's a history. Is that um, the previous god kings have died mysteriously? That maybe that's what he meant about studying the history. So again, so far he's been right about everything. But those are the best. Uh, what's it called? The people that you need to look out for are the people right. who tell the truth. Those are the ones you got to be kind of wary of. Exactly. So chapter twenty five. Vivenna and her group attack Nanrova, who is the high uh, priest of Stillmark. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. They, they just attack the carriage. And it's just a they distraction don't... to right. uh, remove, like, I think, some supply cash. Um, but yeah, so it was two different distractions. It was like, it looks like, I think it was a bomb or a fire that went off. A fire in well a building, as, yep. Yeah. As well as the. You know, they attack the carriage, the horse drops, and a chest spills open, like money everywhere. Um, so it's two different uh, distractions, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Right. Um, and so when they're talking to Jules, when she's talking to Jules, uh, like Jules is like, gets mad at her. She's like, you know, I don't need you to be sorry for me. You know, I like, she's actually like believes in her religion, uh, which again, you know, don't make judgments on mercenaries. Uh, right. And she's a very devout Halandran, and her parents never forced her. And they kind of have this philosophical debate back and forth. And she brings up a very, very good point that, you know, your people, they forcefully give up one of their children to become monks. And we know this for a fact because Vivenna's middle sister, she became a monk 
what's her name? Uh, Fafin. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't re- believe you remember that. Um, yeah, Fafin, she became a monk. Yep. Now, she became one willingly, and the, there seemed to be no force there, but there is right. a traditional... Uh, like, willingness, cultural, like need. Yeah. A cultural, like, pressure that every every child from at least one child from each family must have someone that goes into like, you know, service right. of the church. Like, which, which um, is also another question. Like how many children are these people having like 17? Like how many do you send? If you have 17 children working on the farm, do you send a third? Who knows? Man, if I had 17 children, I'd send like all of them into the 16. <laughs> I like, just take them off. <laughs> uh, Sweet solace. <laughs> But yeah, so she brings up a good point, right? Like there is a cultural pressure. Well, she says that you force all your kids into monkhood. Um, But, you know, that could be like something that's lost in the cultural exchange. Right. You know, like they think that everyone's just being forced into it when really there's quote unquote a choice. But again, it could be one of those cultural expectations where if you don't do it, then everyone like hates you. Hates you. Yeah. So, yeah, it there's um, hmm. She brings up a good point, right? Like, cause her parents never forced her; she willingly did it. She willingly now, did it. Now, now whether Adrian's, that's blind faith or not, who knows? Yeah, but that that shouldn't matter, right? Like, that's true. It Adrian's would make the I'm sure would make the argument. Oh well, she was you know brainwashed. It's like okay, so whenever Halandrin quote-unquote brainwashes their kids into giving up their breath that's brainwash but whenever right. you get one of your kids to willingly go to the church to monkhood that's not brainwash that's you know that's choice like and this is right. a very this chapter in my opinion was very 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 good and very again, insightful on the cultural differences there yeah this um again this was um kind of like how Elantris, like, you know, okay, so, okay, let's get into this. Uh, I didn't expect to be talking about this, but let's get into this. Sure. For those of you who are joining in now for the Warbreaker part and we're not here for Elantris, there was a moment where a certain character, uh, his faith was questioned and he said, like, you know, oh, so you're no longer part of this religion. And he said, no, I'm still very much part of it. I just don't believe in the people behind it. Right. So oh, you're still you're part of the religion. About. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So we're still part of the, I'm still part of the religion, but I just don't believe in the priests. And the Pope and whatnot. So that oh, that the end to that character was mwah, beautiful. Yeah. So this is another very good religious moment, and again, it speaks to me personally mm-hmm. on a very deep level because there's a lot of parts where, in like, for those of you who don't know, I'm Muslim, um, and there's a lot of portions where you know people will say, oh well, you know, she did it willingly or he did it willingly because right. they were brainwashed into it. It's like, oh, okay, so whenever you do something willingly, that's your freedom of choice. But whenever we do something willingly, we were brainwashed into it. So Jules right. here, like... Is making, argument, an, making a valid point. Yeah, like, and that's something that I, on a personal level, have lived through myself. So this is very good. I like this a lot. Um, again, you know... He did it again. Sanderson did it again. You know, it's, um, I feel it on a very deep level and I very, very appreciate this. I'm sure Sanderson went through all this stuff because he is a Mormon, I believe, and a relatively devout Mormon at that. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm sure he's been through all these arguments and experiences and questions and answers. And... Yeah. I like this a lot. This is very cool. Um, easily my favorite chapter of this whole section here. Um, so Denth explains again that mercenaries only do the jobs and they don't care about the outcome. Which brings up a good question. You know, um, and, and it becomes one of those uh, questions about where do you draw the line? And that's kind of usually the question, right? Like, okay, so if you kill somebody directly, like, yeah, that that's bad. I, and I think everyone can agree that that's bad. But then... Does that mean the guy who sold the knife is also, should he also feel guilt? Right? No. Like, in, and so that's what he's trying to argue, right? Dent is that, like, we mercenaries, we just do a job. You tell us to disrupt supply lines. We have to do certain things to disrupt yeah, we those just, supply we just lines. Yeah, do the jobs. Like, now, if that has the effect of, you know, kneecapping the military so that they can't operate at a full level, you know, Whatever Too bad. that comes out of that, that for them, the mercenaries, they don't care. They just have that one job. Um, now, I'm sure he would like he's not going to take a job where he just like, you know, go kill this baby or something like that. Right. I'm sure he's not going to do that. But he's saying like, you know, like I know that this has the effect of causing famine or something like that. Right. For me, uh, you know, but that's the after effect of me burning the rice farm or something like that. Right. You tell me to burn the rice farm, I'm going to do that. I do it. I'm, yeah, so... You have to expect consequences. Yeah, so he, he's of that line of thinking that, like, unless my thing is directly causing, you know, death, it may be indirectly causing it, but he's okay with that. Right, so... so, uh, so uh, Right, so he, you know, he's trying to tell her, like, hey you are the one telling us to do this job. So we are going to do our job. You can't kneecap us because you don't want to hurt somebody. That's not how this works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is, it's an interesting line of thinking. I, not, I'm not saying that I agree. I, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily right. Mm -hmm. I guess. Right. right? Like um, if you, you know, if you burn rice farm and that was just happened to be your job and that causes, you know, famine that causes hunger right like that's kind of on you but he's making the argument of like you know at what point do you draw the line right like so right does that mean the guy who sold me gasoline like because that was just his job too right he sold me the right. gas that i used to burn so that is that on him too so he's just saying like i draw the line just a little bit higher than the rest of you do right so that is that is i mean I mean, ultimately, what he's trying to do, he's trying to make her see their side of it so she doesn't have these questions going forward. Yeah. And so, and, I, and I'm sure it's for him, it's also like constantly annoying to be explaining this to every single person. It's also one of those things like you want a job done, but then whenever I get my hands dirty, you're going to judge me for it. That's like, right. that's kind of not fair, right? Like, um, I, I forget there was a. I think it was Witcher. That was a series, right? Where they always want a Witcher in the sense that, like, they want him around to kill monsters, but then they also are afraid of them constantly. It's like, right. you want our services, but then you hate us for it, too. It doesn't, like, make much sense. 
Right. And, and it, it doesn't it doesn't give you the, the detail you need to make the complete sense of it. Mm-hmm. So chapter and also I just wanted to end it off end up that chapter that he has a dark past. Denth? Uh yeah, Denth does. And uh-huh. he is also not a part of any religion, or so he claims. Right. Uh but they know Vasher. Denth they do know Vasher. Denth knows Vasher very well. So I see this is my thing. Like they don't tell us much about their relationship. But I think Denth and Vasher come from the same place. That's why I think Vasher is not from Idris. Ooh. Well, Denth could be from Idris. I don't think Denth's from Idris. I really don't. Okay. Uh, this is just my call. I think Denth and Vasher awesome. know each other in some way because it seems that like it seems that Vasher and Denth when they talk about them sword fighting and the 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 kind of aggression that the group gets when they say when they say the word like say Vasher's name, I, I think that Denth and Vasher. Well, they also killed one of their Vasher killed one of their friends, mm-hmm. but I think yep. Denth and Denth and Vasher go further back than we know, and I don't think they're from Haladrin or Idris at of as of this point. But that's just a guess. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, uh, chapter twenty six, Light Song is reviewing some pain things and. Mm-hmm. Uh, other gods are having war-related interpretations of their own paintings, um, which again I feel like those gods are doing it on purpose again just to push for war, and mm-hmm. which at the same time though Light Song did see what was it Tetelier on fire Tetelier on fire yeah so I mean, and he did here too you know yeah so uh, he sees a woman with a black sword which Larimer does not see. Um, so anyways, he goes back to investigate the break-in at Mercy Star's, mm-hmm. um, castle, and apparently there was a second intruder, and he's the only one who killed, and he killed the one witness. And right. Light Song also pieces together that he was a detective or something. I, I think that's what he pieced together. I think he's, I think he was a cop. Yeah, he questions his past life, so he, he, yeah. he thinks that he was in some sort of law enforcement of some kind. Right. So he starts to wonder about what else he can find. Right. Um, this is this chapter really is about. He sees the. He sees the painting, and he remembers the battle scene, and the dark sword, and he remembers the just the it's pretty much a prophecy he remembers, his dreams. Right. Um, and then they go over the mercy stars, and he does some more witnessing or not witnessing, uh, investigating. Yeah. So I. I think this is a good chapter to see that Light Song is kind of playing his role as the brave. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So chapter 27, uh, final chapter of the section, uh, Blue Fingers is avoiding Siri. Um, she later sees, um, which I wonder why that is. Um, if he got a stern talking to maybe. I don't think he, if he got caught warning Siri, I don't think, he I think he'd be dead talking to. Yeah, exactly. I think he'd be dead. Yeah. I think he's. Um, I think he'd be roasted. So I'm not sure why he's avoiding him or her. Um, so she later sees Light Song at the Halandrin Olympics. The Halandrin Olympics. Wow. That's what I called it. I dubbed it the Halandrin. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, 
So she asks Light Song about the God King's death, and he says that Susaborn the Fourth died to cure a plague fifty years ago. Which I'm assuming that the Susaborn that we have now is Susaborn the Fifth. Right. I mean, this guy that is at least fifty years old, right. I guess. And that I mean, it, I I would think it says in there that the you know after the God King gave. No, after the producing of an male heir, the two god kings previous died shortly after. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 you know. I mean Siri's probably thinking, uh oh. Okay. So yeah, as soon as I have a baby, that means this suit is both dead. Gunzo, yeah. Yeah. Um, because you don't you don't hear anything about the mother or the person that produced the heir. Right. We just know that um Susaborn was there and he remembers her being taken from him. So, right. yeah. So not not great news all around. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's starting to pick up the the level of intrigue and the the questions are starting to right. become very tense and they're absolutely very dire consequences. So so bear with me here. Mm-hmm. No, we'll we'll talk about this later. This is good. We'll talk about this later. Once this book is over, we can talk about it. I think I think oh. I'd feel more comfortable. With it. Um, right. But yeah, th- this ending chapter kind of leaves you on a like um, I wouldn't say a complete cliff, but it's going to start. Things are going to start ramping up for the three characters intermingling. You know, because obviously we see Siri and Light Song starting to become closer. Mm-hmm. We see Vasher. Dinth and Vivenna coming closer because they see Vasher and Vasher's eyeing Vivenna. So you see those groups starting to come together, but it, it you know eventually as we start to go like we have here now, the groups are going to start commingling. So it's going to be interesting to see all of that once he puts it together and how they meet and how all that goes. So yeah. I'm very interested. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> next week we'll be covering chapters 28 through 33. Um. Not as many, but yeah. Well, uh, at the quality, there's a slightly longer chapter in there mm-hmm. somewhere. And it's like two hours. About... <sighs> it's like a two-hour chapter on the audiobook. Yeah, um, I am. Uh, I think we're about halfway through. Well, a little over halfway through at this point. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest though. I'm very excited to finish this. And then start Era 2, man. Oh, yes. I want to yes. see how they worship Vin and say that. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. This is, this is, this is you know, I think Warbreaker also helps us to, on our next reads, you know, because we're going to go into the Stormlight Archive and we're going to oh, so I have a feeling by the time else. we're about through Stormlight Archive, the fifth book of Stormlight Archive will be coming out. Hey. Which, that's gonna be the time is gonna be perfect and that absolutely so but yeah we'll awesome. cover from us for that episode and until next time everybody thank you yep thank you